0: to take your photos so well good morning church we're excited you're here come on it's we, we got a dark in the theater this morning um hey if you have your bibles turn to first corinthians chapter 13 is where we're going to be this morning first corinthians chapter 13 now i know there are children in here and some of these children have screens and some of these children have um crayolas and markers and whatever you need to do for your children do it that's all i'm saying whatever you need to do do it i pray that they enjoy church really it's our heart um there's a couple reasons why we wanted to bring them into service one hey kids can you wave at me come on i see my kids right here i see some kids back there hey what i'm excited about having our children in here is they got to see these babies be dedicated to the lord like we love our children we love them. I love Brielle and Benson and Maya and Ryan and all our children this morning love that they are here with us. And it is the fifth Sunday, our family Sunday, and we think it's important for our children to worship together with adults. They need to see you raise your hands every once in a while. How many of you know that's true? They need to see you open your Bible every once in a while in service. They need to see what's going on in here. It's important. It's vital. And so we want to continue that, and we want to champion that in the families and life of our church. We also, uh, shameless plug, just want to let you know that all of our Luminous Kids teachers that are in here, would love some help ministering to these children every Sunday. And so if you do not serve in our children's ministry, this is your invitation. Since we take kids seriously, this is your invitation. To say, hey, I could watch a child, I could do kids check-in, I could, I could mentor an elementary student, or I could hold a baby. And so what I want you to do, Vicky and Janelle will be at our resource after church this morning. Go see them at our resource table and say, Hey, we want to sign up for kids. We want to get in the game and we want to help share the gospel with them. Can we do that, church? Amen. Amen. Well, we are concluding our series Luminous Loves this morning. Excited to talk about First Corinthians 13. All of us love this chapter. And I think it's so, um, so exciting for the opportunity to do that. Uh, Our ladies will mention an announcement of Engage the Spirit next Sunday, but I do want to say this in case it's not said uh, well enough from my heart is this, is that we have Reggie and Bomi Roberson here next Sunday preaching. They pastor a very large church in North Carolina, Kings Park International Church. They're an incredible couple. They'll be sharing the word with us next Sunday morning and then be available Sunday night to minister you won't want to miss that opportunity. It's really going to be, I think, just important. So mark your calendars for that. The ladies will give us details in a moment. Well, last week I was talking about love and I was talking about the whole idea of forgiving. That if, you, if you're still holding on to unforgiveness, it's really the, the, uh, the, the hold or the cap to keep you from loving people well. That if there's any unforgiveness or, or bitterness in you, that it's really hard to do what God's called us to do, to really love. So we talked about freedom. We talked about how we need to be free because when we know that we're free and we come in agreement with that, we could truly love how God called us to love. That's a good thing, right? And so how many of you know when the preacher preaches, he gets tested? How many of you also know that when you hear a sermon and it resonates with your soul, You get tested. There's always an opportunity for growth. I don't know if this is a Romans 5 where Jesus is putting the opportunity of growth there for you. Or I don't know if it's the scheme of the enemy keeping you back from the freedom and destiny that you behold. Probably one of the two. But instead of quit blaming the reason, let's realize that, hey, we need to get out of agreement of crushing our soul and in agreement with the kingdom of God and what he wants to do. So I was tested this week. Can I tell you how I was tested? Normally I get right into our scripture, I read it, but I have to tell you this story. So bear with me, we're going to 1 Corinthians 13 in just a moment. So Brandy and I, we got a little inheritance from her father, when he passed away last December. We decided, Lord, what do we do with this inheritance? We want to multiply it and not just let it, you know, inflation, right? It sits in the bank, it's half the value next year in 2022. So we got to put it away somewhere and so we 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 had the opportunity to buy an investment property and we, we were fixing this up and we we're so excited about it. We we're about to sell this property last week. And, and I was like, finally, okay, finally, this investment is going to amortize and we're going to see the benefits of it. Well, right before we sell, I go over to the house. And two days, two days before it closes, all of a sudden, the AC was missing in this house. The inside and outside air conditioner and the stove was missing as well. Have you ever been robbed before? Have you ever been taken from? Immediately, what happened was this. I was tested. Oh my goodness, I am really upset. That's that's four thousand dollars out the window. I am I am really upset, really sad right now. And it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity of the Lord saying, How are you going to respond in this situation? You see, I just preached about this. If you remember, we just preached about the parable of the man whose debt was forgiven, and then he goes and he chokes somebody who owes him something. I was tested with an opportunity of was I going to hold bitterness towards somebody who just taken from me, or was I going to extend forgiveness? Have you ever been tested? Have you ever, have you ever been taken advantage of? Maybe in your workplace, maybe in your school, maybe Maybe from a family member or maybe from a friend. We all have. We all have. And it was an opportunity, and I was like, you know, Lord, this is a great opportunity to walk out love because luminous loves. And so all of a sudden, I was like, Lord, maybe they need that air conditioner. Lord, maybe they're trying to feed their family. Maybe they're just trying to, maybe they're just trying to provide. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were just evil and trying to get ahead. Maybe there was there was no um, goodwill in their heart when they were justifying that theft. But I said, Lord, release it. Release that from me. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, bless them. Touch them. And as I began to do that, I just felt my heart just begin to grow. I begin saying, you know what? This is not going to keep me from loving people this week. It's not going to keep me from Boysville to go love people and love love kids at Boysville this week. It's not going to keep me from loving my wife this week or loving my children this week. How many of you know when life comes against you, you always, not always, but you sometimes have the tendency to go back into your old nature? Right? Life hits you. Who's stressed? Anybody stressed here wants to confess? When you're stressed... Whether it's marriage stress, whether it's friendship stress, whether it's university stress or high school stress, or your girlfriend broke up with you stress, right? Or somebody steals from you stress. Sometimes we go and we say, man, I need comfort immediately. You need comfort immediately. And usually you look not to the kingdom for comfort, but you look for something natural. So your comfort may be anger or outbursts. It may be yelling at somebody or it may be be going to the gym. For me, it is eating. (laughs) Stress eating is what they call it. And so I was just like, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to comfort with a nice meal today. I'm not going to comfort with food today. I'm going to continue to steward what you've given me. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to comfort with you, Holy Spirit. You say that you are the great comforter and if you're the great comforter, I need you to come and I need you to comfort this that really needs to be pacified and I don't want to pacify it in my flesh, but I want to pacify with you. How many know that's the right response? That's the God response. How many know that we don't always do that response? Is that true? So luminous loves our mission and our heart is that God would start releasing us to love well and to trust him for his provision and what he's given us to walk in that. Love, love. God is love. God is the inventor of love. He is love. It's his existence. Love always was, love is, and love will always be love. This is what we're reading about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Familiar, so familiar with a lot of us. Verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. A noisy gong. Can anybody make a noisy gong noise? Any kids in here? Yeah, come on, Jordan Thanks. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, So as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body, be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth who is affluent, who can be generous, who's operating in the spiritual gifts. They're getting heavenly tongues. They are prophesying. They are manifesting the gifts and power gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're seeing healings. They're seeing power. They're seeing miracles. God is moving mightily. The dead are being raised. Lives are changing and being encouraged. It is unbelievable. But what you have in First Corinthians is you have division. And you have fighting and quarreling. And you have um, divisiveness. And you have people positioning themselves because they have a little bit more anointing than somebody else. Positioning themselves because maybe they have a little bit more gift of faith. Maybe they have the interpretation of tongues. Maybe they have the ability to really lay hands and somebody gets healed and they position themselves in power. They position themselves and lord it over others because what has been given to God they're now using to elevate themselves. So God's writing through Paul the concept of love and encouraging them in love. He's writing them with this, and and as he's doing, he says, you know, you're still doing what humanity always does. You're going through the checklist, the checklist of earning and becoming, the checklist of, oh, I got power. Oh, man, I got faith, all faith. All miracles. I got it all. The Lord's given to me and he's given me more. And you're going through a merit system once again to be approved by God. And Paul's always correcting this merit system. He's like, whoa, I want to correct that in you. I got to tell you that you're enough because he said you're enough. That you are called because he said you're called. You are his because he says you are his. Isn't that good news that we are just loved? How many children know their parents love them in here? Like, come on, Benson, that should be a hand. There you go. I see it half. Yeah, right? Like, like your parents love you. You don't have to do anything right now. You're, you're like checked out. You're, 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 you're a second thought to them. They're trying to concentrate on a message and you're just right here. And you know what? They just love you. They just love you and you love you because God said, here, I'm gifting you with children. You're a gift and we love you and we adore you. God does the same with all of us. It's no longer merit. It's no longer this this list. So when loves love is absent and in love's absence. There's three things that happen in love's absence. Noisy symbols, right, Jordan? Thanks, bro. Noisy symbols. The second thing is you are nothing. Without love, you are nothing. And without love, you gain nothing. You're noisy, you are nothing, and you gain nothing. When you work in the merit system, that's exactly what you're coming into agreement with. I'm loud. I'm annoying. I am nothing and I gain nothing. How many of you know that's true? But the Lord has something different. He writes in here and Paul is writing in here something different. That that, that in this, no, we are supposed to be concerned with one another. We're supposed to love one another. That's our social responsibility core value in every nation to love one another the second thing that we see in this verse is love's presence and when love is present it is it is patient it is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. This love, love's preference. Love's preference is God's preference. If you want to know what love is, it prefers what God likes and who God is. We all have preferences, right? Some of us, we like pizza over pasta. Some of us prefer dogs over cats. Yeah, okay. What kids like dogs? What kids like cats? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, I agree. I my daughter right. Some of us prefer houses over condos. Some of us prefer motorcycles over convertibles. Some of us prefer football over baseball, which we'll see tonight, whether you watch The Strohs or The Boys. We all have preferences, things that we like. God too has a preference. That's what agape love is. The Greek would translate what God prefers, what he prefers. And in his house and in his church, there is a tendency to give ourselves over to self or over to God's preference. This is how you walk in love. When you wake up every morning and say, God, what do you prefer today? God what do you prefer what, what my choices my financial decisions my the way that I treat others the way that I interact the way that I serve the way that I give of self what do you prefer God not what I prefer what do you prefer God because in your preference you that's when you are so enjoyed and you so enjoy us in that moment of love this is what God has called us to. He, His preference is attributes more than accolades. It's his attributes, knowing his attributes instead of our accolades and, and earning and, and becoming and trying to get things. So in this, the third thing we see is that love does. Love does. Love is constantly doing. Now, this is different. It's doing out of love, but not doing according to merits. You're not doing according to earning, but you're doing according to pleasing him because you love him. You adore him. So let me, I think we have time for this illustration. Love does is reckless pursuits of your very affection. And so when I was single, I desperately wanted to get married. Single men? Yes? Yes? Oh, we have no single men here. All right. Sorry, single ladies. We'll get some. When you're single, you just are constantly like thinking and praying for your wife and making a list. And Lord, I want her to love you. I want her to seek you. I want her to worship you. I want her to be pure and holy. I want her to just I'm so excited. I want her to be hot. You know, that's on the list. Uh, You know, all these things, right, that are on the list. And and for me. When that woman came along who loved God, who worshiped him, who pursued him, who was going to follow him all the days of her life. When she came along, I, I said, whoa, and she was also hot. And you know what I did is I pursued her because that's what love does. I pursued her, and I went to great lengths to pursue her. Uh, When I proposed to her because I was asking for her hand to marriage, which was basically saying, hey, I want you to die to yourself, and I want to become one flesh with you. That takes a lot of convincing, right? So I I went around town. The whole idea, I was going to make a baseball diamond because she was a pitcher, a softball pitcher. I was going to make this softball diamond out of rose petals. But I didn't want it just to be baby rose petals, you know, where the wind blows and you can't tell what's happening. I want mounds of rose petals. So I had all my friends go to every flower shop in Midland and Odessa to buy every rose petal they had. Give us, I mean, we asked to, to have them, but they charged us for whatever reason. And, and so we went, and uh, we were just like, dude, I don't care what it costs. We're doing rose petals. And then you go about, I'm getting a ring. I don't care what it costs. I'm getting a ring that she's going to love that has a story that I prayed about and believed for. And I'm going to I'm going to get a limo to pick us up you know i need a limo to pick us up afterwards you know not just the baby limo or the 10 year old model limo no i need the brand new model limo so i call everywhere to get the limo and then i need communion in that limo because after i propose we're going to take communion together because this is a god story not a ben story and we want to honor him And then the limo's going to take us all the way to the field house where she coaches and all of her friends are going to be there and it's going to be decorated, like awesomely decorated. And then I got to get a cake. Right. I got to get a cake. So I'm 25 years old saying I got to do all these things because love does love does. I I was pursuing her. She was my affection. It it makes you um, just intoxicated and you go, you lose your mind, don't you guys? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, some of you forgot hopefully this is reminding you or my story showed you up which I really hope it did and I hope it inspires people to show me up love does it, 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 this is what Bob Goff says as he's telling his story in love does he goes I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me but now I'm more afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me, but now I'm more afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. Isn't that true in love, that we would look to our own preference, our own affection, our own agenda, and that we would put all of our effort and strength into that thing to become successful in our eyes? But how disappointing that would be. How sorrowful at the end of the day would that be? See, really, I'm praying that we would succeed in the things that really matter. This agape love. God's preference. And seeking it out in our lives and let it consume us in every way. As I share this last point, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. The last thing that we see is love is kingdom love is kingdom where all these things exist it says love never ends love never ends the only things that never end is kingdom the things that never end that have life are kingdom love never ends because love always was and love is and love always will be god was he is he always will be this is who god is so we see this that love is kingdom love never ends It says this in Luke chapter one, verse thirty three. And Jesus, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. There's no end in love. It's why you can take it to the bank, because it's the greatest deposit. It's the greatest reward for the deposit that you give. This is a reminder that the kingdom, that when the kingdom comes, it'll be fully recognized. But right now, in this moment, as we're operating and we're choosing the kingdom, we're choosing to walk in something that never ends. It's this love story by God. It's finding out what he prefers. And so in this love story, we are reminded and we are entrusted by him in every way. We're reminded and trusted in him, and he wants to remind us that love is and love does. And where love is present, we are fulfilled completely in him. Christ doesn't ask us to do anything that he didn't model himself. We have to know this. If he's calling our church, he's calling our children, he's calling the people in this room to, to love him. He had to go first. And so what he did is he went and he gave his life for you and me upon a cross. And he died the death that you and I deserve to die in our place. Because where there's death, there is no love. Where there's death, when something's dead, it doesn't have love. But Christ said, I'm going to take punishment and I'm going to take death. This love is going to take death and become a curse on a cross for you. So that those who trust him and believe him can have life and can love out loud. Have you ever tried to love God out of your own strength? Have you ever tried to love God out of your own merit in your own way? It was impossible without him. When we surrender to him, we truly find the strength that we need to love well. So he would remind us of this in First Corinthians chapter 11. Said, for I received from the Lord would also deliver you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want to invite you to stand this morning and take your communion elements out with me. And if you didn't get one, just raise your hand and an usher will come and bring you a communion element this morning. Agape love is realized by the way that Christ loved us sacrificially. What's amazing is God preferred us. You're part of his preference. So he went to great lengths to win you and to choose you. And to love you and to bring you in. And I'm so grateful for this. Today, as a family, we get to be reminded and remember. Get to remember who he is and what he's done. If you would, take out the bread with me this morning. Jesus says, this is my body. This is my body which was broken for you. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is my body, which I gave to you. This is my body, and today we believe that this is a great reminder and a sacrament that keeps us in the way of everlasting. It helps remind us this morning of what love truly is. Lord, thank you for your body. Which was broken for us. Lord, we take it now. Bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then, if you would, grab the cup. The body that was given by Christ has complete significance. And the blood that dripped down on the cross has complete significance blood dripped down for us is called atonement it means this that that we are sinful and we deserve to die we deserve to give our blood to death we deserve to give our blood for the punishment of the way that we've sinned against god but christ said i'm going to give my blood as a ransom i'm going to give my blood to take your place I'm going to give my blood. So this is what he did. He shed it upon the cross. So when we drink of this cup in just a moment, we're reminded that it is his blood that allows us to fully understand his love and fully walk in love. Father, thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We're so grateful. God, bless this cup. So we're just reminded of what you did for us. In Jesus' name may drink of the cup well just as jesus did on the last night with his disciples when they took the lord's supper they sang a song before they exited so we're going to do that i invite you to sing this song with us this morning